Well, and <laughs> 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 I was uh, like, I think you uh, like when it was going through. I saw you grabbing the the cat. And I had to, to call my dog over. My dog is like, he doesn't want no part of it. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you did the countdown again because I was wanting to do something like that. <laughs> and uh, Craig Williams, and uh, we're the Market Movie Podcast. And on today's episode, we uh, we did a we watched VFW. It's funny because last week Craig was thinking, was like, "What's this going to be about?" Because you know, you think of a VFW hall, you think of a you don't think typically, and I'm not trying to be rude, but you don't think typically about, yeah, this is where veterans go and have a bar and they sit and drink and whatever. Right. You think about people renting out the the venue for like dances and or wedding <laughs> receptions. Yeah, wedding receptions. Wedding receptions is what I think of them. That's the only time I've ever been in a VFW for anything. As uh, uh yeah. My son, uh, he goes there for like when he well, you know, back when it was like Oh, let's go to it. I'm going to a dance. Uh, like it would be always at the local VFW post. And, yeah. uh, you know, we had to drive out to it and drop him off. But now he he drives. So that life is over. It's great. Yeah. Um, but uh, VFW, um, let's see, a quick little synopsis. A group of old war veterans put their lives on the line to defend a young woman taking shelter in their local VFW post who's running from a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of drug addicted. I think that's the word they look for. Addled makes sense, too. Is addled a real word? See, I'm not an English major. (laughs) (laughs) Addled is a, it means like, you know, uh, like you're, you're, you're tripping, you know, you're, you're so, you're so uh, high. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, then in that case. Uh, Well, uh, let me hit you with some of the numbers real quick. All right. IMDb gives a 6.1 out of 10. Uh, uh, Metacritic gets a 72%. 80% of Google users like this movie, and Rotten Tomatoes gives it 81% on the tomato meter. Wow. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and play a little bit of the trailer. Try to play a little bit of the trailer. We'll see how, how it goes. Oh, there you go. You've been at this, haven't you? I have. Uh-huh. To us. Still here. Still here. You know where you are, kid? In the uh, VFW post. How about we close the bar down early tonight? What do you got going on? The best birthday that Freddie ever got. Linda! Hey! This is girl! Oh. Hey! It's Q&A time, kid. See, the problem is that me and my old friends are probably going to die tonight unless you help us out to understand what's happening here. You steal this? Foz killed my sister, all right? This, though, it's all he's got his whole life. V-F-W. What is that? Veterans of foreign wars. Good. Soldiers are good at dying. There's only one satisfactory solution, and that is we get our product back and each of you die. You were a soldier. So we all. Let's act like it. We set a perimeter. We make our stand. We'll all die very, very slowly. You last. 
or whatever you're gonna do, do it. Because you make a mistake. I'm gonna cut your heart out. You and me both know this ain't the only option. We can push Miss Teen USA right back out to the way she came in. It's for you that we're doing all of this. Hey, I never asked for your goddamn help, Gramps. The second you walked through that door, we were duty-bound to help you. Let's go. All right, VMW. Well, sound like a wrestling organization. <laughs> hey, that's another thing VFWs are known for is uh, having being. Uh, I think those are often uh, uh, venues for wrestling. The VFW. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So uh, let me see. I'm muting this here. So yeah. So. The movie is starring, as you can see from the trailer, uh, just going to run down a few people. Craig mentioned this pretty stellar cast. Uh, mm -hmm. Stephen Lang as Fred Paris. Um, William Sattler as Fred Williams. Martin Cove. Uh, David Patrick Kelly. Uh, those are the main veterans. And then Tom Wilson, uh, Williamson, which I, I want to say he's Fred Williamson's son. He I, just, just like him. I, I have to. I have to. It ha he has to be. <laughs> like he, came, he literally came out of left field. Like I've never seen this guy ever. Yeah, he has to be. Uh, so, like for the kids out there though, who doesn't know, who don't know who any of these people are, because they're not super mainstream, well-known actors. I think, but like it's one of those. They're like character actors, like that. You know, if you see them, you're like, oh, I know that guy. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like so, like William Sadler is uh, best known as Death and bill and ted's bogus journey um david cove is best known as the evil karate instructor in the karate kid movies which i mean since uh cobra kai is so popular right now most people probably know that guy um and uh who else oh yeah um david patrick kelly is the bad guy in the, in the warriors he's the guy that says warriors come out and play like that guy um and then like finally of course everyone knows who fred i mean you gotta i i hope people know who fred williamson is but you know shaft shaft man yeah and uh fred paris uh, uh not fred, fred paris but i'm sorry stephen stephen lang who plays fred paris uh I, I want to say he is the guy that was in uh, uh, Don't Breathe. Is that the same guy? Close. Don't yeah, Breathe? yeah, yeah. He's the guy in Don't Breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was such a he was such a badass in that movie uh, yeah. that he he instantly had badass status in this movie because of that movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, I felt like this movie was like Fred Williamson. Also, if you don't know Fred Williamson from like the old time. Uh, Hammer films and things like that from back in the black exploitation period. Mm -hmm. uh, for those that are fans of uh, From Dust to Dawn, you might know him. And uh, he was in Dust From Dust to Dawn. Uh, I forgot. I forgot his character's name. He's uh, he he was one of the people that was like, it's pretty it's pretty funny. He's really good at the movies where it's, 
it's like a, a siege type of film. It's he's hard. Like, Sorry, go ahead. No, and I'm saying he's he's really good in those type of films where he's locked in a place with yeah. a group of people and they gotta fend themselves. That's what From Dust to Dawn pretty much is. They're in a uh, bordello or, or a strip club actually, um, and vampires are trying to kill them and yeah. uh, they're trying to survive. And he's in their movie. I was just going to say that it's easy to forget what his name is in a movie where one of the characters' name is Sex Machine. Uh, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Uh, what was? I'm sorry. Uh, who? Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. The guy that played Sex Machine. He's a you know a famous uh, 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 Tom Savini. Yes, Tom Savini. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was obviously excellent. This movie, uh, Craig, gave me a lot of feelings of. Assault on Precinct Thirteen. I got. I kept getting vibes of Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Well, it it definitely was going for the uh, gritty sort of uh, grindhouse kind of feel. Um, it it definitely felt like it was paying homage to that kind of thing. Like the opening title, the opening uh, introduction, like the te the text almost kind of reminded me of The Running Man, like just the style of the text and, and the music and stuff. Um, and yeah, that was, you know, that's, that's a cool, a cool choice. Um, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like, um, it's a cool choice, but at the same time, like I, I kind of take issue with movies that, that do, that are made that to pay homage to, to that style of filmmaking, but like, it's mm -hmm. all, um, like it's it's all rather um, oh I'm trying to think of the word here like hollow I guess it doesn't it doesn't yeah. actually feel like a movie from that era it just feels like window dressing like you know well had this kind of music and this kind of lighting and this kind of this and that but it just it it still doesn't feel like the style I guess that those movies were made in like this the there's more to grindhouse type movies. Um, than just like you know um the aesthetics like there's a certain writing involved you know that right. kind of stuff um, yeah i agree i agree with why, that i think that go ahead sorry i was gonna say that's why black dynamite for example is such a fantastic homage to black exploitation movies because it's not only a great parody but it's a great but itself a great homage to that genre because it wasn't just, a, they didn't just make fun of it in terms of how those movies looked and how they were edited and all, all that, and all that stuff. It was written in a way that felt authentic, too. To those yeah. Movies. yeah. Uh, I, I feel the same way about that movie. And then also, um, uh, I'm going to get you, sucker. Uh, yeah, which yeah. was Tina and Ivor Wayne's like, earliest film. Um, mm -hmm. That, like, just much like how Black, Black uh, Dynamite did. Uh, uh, which I think they borrowed heavily from what Keenan did with uh, I'm going to mm -hmm. get you sucker. But it really stands alone as its own, even though it is poking fun of black exploitation films, black uh, I'm going to get you sucker and black dynamite are in themselves black exploitation films. Yeah. You know? And, and whereas this one wants to be a grindhouse film, like you stated, but it doesn't, it, it has a window dressing of, of a grindhouse film. But mm -hmm. it lacks the substance of a groundhouse grand house film. Uh, that's how I felt about it. I felt that it was. I felt at times, 
is pretty cheap. I, I didn't really care for the lighting. I thought it was very dark. Uh, yeah. A lot of blues and reds and stuff. And I think that I think it's just cliche. That's, that was my biggest issue with Mank uh, on Netflix is uh, I know that they wanted to go for that, that feel. That's why they had the cigarette burns in the corner and things like that to kind of make it feel like that. But sometimes yeah. I feel like it could be uh, it could be like a crutch that people use. to, to Maybe not a crutch, but you know the word. You know what I'm thinking of. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like a when you watch something and they're like setting it, they're setting it in the '80s and they're making the movie to look like it's made in the '80s, but like you can tell that all they did is slap a filter on it, and, and it's like that's not enough. You have to actually like if you really want to make if you really want to go for that feel, you have to like film. You have to like shoot it on film. That, that they would have used back then and, and, and just kind of almost have to sort of like restrict yourself to the technology and, and, and stuff that they had access to back then, the lighting, uh, all that stuff. Like, I feel like uh, it's not enough to just slap a filter on and be like, it's, it's, it's from the eighties. It's, it's a movie from the seventies or whatever. Like, you know. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, that. That brings me to another like movie that kind of, Remind me of that like two movies that reminded me of that. So uh, Lighthouse did an excellent job with using technology and things like of that time to give the Lighthouse that feel yeah. for uh, being that. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the movie, but aesthetically, I thought it looked really like you know good for it. But then another uh, another thing that I would relate to this what you just said was in the house with uh, in the house with the devil, which is on on Shutter. Mm -hmm. uh, it takes place in the 80s, uh, but it doesn't feel like it's exploitative, exploiting the 80s, you know? That uh, feels a lot more authentic. That yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. In fact, it feels so authentic that the woman they cast in the lead of that movie, like, straight up looks like an actress from that time. Like, it's crazy how... how and she looks so much like an actress from that era, like... It's almost like an actress from that time time traveled to the, to the aughts to film that movie before going back to the eighties. You know what I mean? Like it's Absolutely. it's insane. But like the uh, to go, but the lighthouse, like yeah, I agree with that one too because like I think part of what made that movie what I enjoyed about that movie is that it had so much texture to it that like I swear to you, like I, while I was watching that movie, I could I could like almost smell like the salt air of the waves and just like uh and then you know body odor. <laughs> body odor yeah because of how crowded they were and then like um uh willem defoe's farts <laughs> you're finding me lobster you told me you're finding me lobster yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that that was one of my favorite parts in that movie but uh mm -hmm. But yeah, VFW doesn't have either of those feels. I it's a decent movie. So let me, I guess, like, so it's a decent enough film. It just didn't. I just didn't. You know, the characters didn't really resonate with me. Uh, you know, it just kind of all felt fairly hollow. Like they 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 came up with a good premise, and that was what they were focused on was the premise, but not really on characters or story. I agree. I believe that the uh, director or the com the creators of this was like, 
let's do let's do some cocaine and just come up with and just shoot the idea like the like the uh working the working script like they like this is the idea yeah so, so veterans are stuck in a vfw post right and there's like a gang of junkies and they're out after these drugs and this girl inside this bar and uh and they gotta defend themselves and go back to a war type of mindset in order to survive and i'm yeah. like and then they're like oh yeah yeah let's good let's let's do the script no like, no 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 we ain't got time let's just shoot it yeah yeah you know it's funny too it's like you want to watch a better version of this idea then watch the green room absolutely yeah. the green room is excellent with patrick stewart um uh, huh yeah it's the same it's the same same pretty much the same concept of like being stuck in a building while under attack by you know, gang members, or in the, in the case of Green Room, it's neo Nazis, mm-hmm. uh, and the violence in that in that movie is very jarring and uh, uh, graphic and disturbing. And um, I'm, I mean, I get it; they were going for a different feel, though, with VW. Like they wanted the violence to be over the top and and, cart- and sort of almost almost sort of like. Tarantino like Tarantino ish, I guess, or whatever. It's just like uh, so. You know, there's a difference between like graphic violence that's over the top and almost cartoonish, and then graphic violence that's realistic. And like that's what the Green Room is very realistic. So it's it's jarring when someone gets killed in that. It feels like like real, I guess, as yeah, opposed absolutely. to like as opposed to like heads exploding comically. Or yeah, or yeah, like yeah. There's a lot of exploding heads, like like where Tarantino victims are all filled with like they're like ninety nine point nine percent blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. They're like so water balloons of blood. Yeah. yeah and then, so then this movie tries to do that same effect where like there's this one the one scene where the uh, the junkie sister I don't know her name so I'm just gonna refer to as junkie sister. Yeah. Uh, she jumps off of the top of the balcony to go after the drug, which yeah, if you that strong, man, you should you should seek counseling. But um, but she jumps off, but her body when she falls, it was clearly a doll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's clearly it's, like just like yeah. oh, I was like oh okay, what did I choose? That's my first doll. <laughs> and it splatters too, like really, uh, almost kind of comically. Like it's like the blood is just like. In real life, a body went, falling from that height wouldn't just splatter blood everywhere like that. You know what I mean? Like it would just like it would just thump. If you want to see, uh, oh, what, I don't want. To, I, I don't would not ever call anything real life. But if you want to see a fictitious, uh, a fictional portrayal of something like that happening, uh, first season of uh, the first season of uh, it's uh, Ozark. Uh, has a scene that is jarring. You know what I mean, right? Have you seen it? I have not seen it. No. Uh, well, you'll see it. But anyway, uh, but the uh, the yeah, I felt that way about this movie. I felt that it just uh, it was just over the top with the uh, the shenanigans with the blood and the uh, not saying that that's a bad thing because, like you said, Greenwood Green Room, they do it in they do it it's they do it in such a way that. Uh, that, like you said, when a character dies, you it's like jarring for you. Like, oh my goodness, that character didn't make it. They have dog attacks, dog attacking people in that movie, and you're like, oh no, you know, you feel for them. You know, uh, that's yeah. such a great movie. The, the, the Green Room 
takes the siege film and uh, turns it on his head. Uh, you know, um, like just like as I mentioned, don't breathe. So takes the home invasion movie and turns it on and flips it on his head. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you're like, oh, like they went to invade the home, invade the home, and still, but now you're in a situation where you can't leave. You yeah, know? yeah. And so they're, they're the ones that are in danger, not the person whose home they invaded. Uh, it's like Home Alone, but gritty. <laughs> home, alone, home Alone, but with uh, a blind veteran that has a sex dungeon. For those that haven't seen it, but yeah. uh, two two words: turkey baster. <laughs> uh, uh, but I felt like with this movie, though, it was really cool seeing uh, seeing the actors uh, that was in it. Uh, Stephen Stephen Lang. Uh, it was good seeing. Oh, I forgot he was in. Uh, he was in Avatar. I forgot about that. Uh, wow. William Sadler um, and Fred Williamson. Uh, but I wish that they did more with uh, David Patrick Kelly. I really yeah. wish that they did more with him. I felt like he was a wasted character. I thought Norm from Cheers was a wasted character. Oh yeah, I movie. forgot George Wint is in this for some reason. It's like uh, they were just like, wouldn't it be great if we had Norm sitting at the bar and people were like, hey, it's Norm. And then, like, I guess they were able to do it somehow. <laughs> George yeah. was like, sure, I'll be tight. He's like, sure, I'll be typecast. I don't care anymore. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really like I was hoping to see more for, from him. I'm like, hey, because like he, as Craig knows, uh, there was a series that came out years ago. Uh, was it uh, Masters of Horrors? Yeah, Masters of Horrors. Oh, he yeah. was in an episode, and he was really great in that episode. It's a good uh, episode, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you, it shows that he has range because I've always known him as just Norm from Cheers, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you can see a darker side of him in that, and so I wanted to serial see killer in that episode, if I remember. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right, and uh, I wanted to see more of him in this, doing, being something different from than just Norm, and uh. And we didn't really get to see that. Like, like no. the people make decisions in this movie that was just like, why would you choose to do like, oh, I'll just go get the car and pull it around. They're gone. They are not gone. Hey, yeah. 13, 13, no one's ever gone. They're just no. chilling in the darkness. It's um, yeah. And, you know, and like I knew he was dead the moment I saw him, like the moment George went appeared, I was like, oh, he's going to get killed. Like that's their <laughs> like that's the famous person that will die first probably uh because he ain't on the poster so i can tell you that like that's why i knew he was dead <laughs> he isn't, you're right uh you're right he isn't on the poster uh but what but yeah uh, he, go ahead what i was gonna say is like i don't feel like the movie so if you're gonna set a movie in one location and it's all about like we've got to defend this location mm-hmm. then the writing needs to be more clever and like you have to come up with predicaments for these characters to get into besides just like oh a big a big guy just came in and and now we have to kill him oh some more drug addicts came in now we got to kill them like i feel like this movie just didn't ever have any like interesting situations like for them to have to deal with like you know like um you know, like with the bad guys trying to like like the bad guys trying different tactics and then like 
the good guys trying, you know, uh, counteracting those tactics or setting booby traps or doing something besides like, you know, it's just they, they have, they just, well, they just had like skirmishes throughout the whole movie uh, leading up to one skirmish and that's it, you know. And the bad guys were so uh, forgettable. Like, like literally, I know not any. I know I don't know any of their names other than Tank because they said Tank. Yeah. Tank is dead. Tank has been there for a long time. He must he must get killed. Yeah. You know. And I had no idea that one of the guys was the was his brother. Yeah. I had no idea because <laughs> I, I was thinking, oh, y'all just give him the drugs back. He'll probably be cool. You know. But no, yeah. it's a it's like. Uh, no, they killed my brother. I'm like, oh, okay. So no, no, no one's getting out alive. I guess probably then, uh, to establish that some, you know, first some some at some point. Like, uh, did they? I don't feel like they did. I, I I just kind of like see the movie. I feel like the movie makes the mistake also of starting with the drug dealers. Like, I like. Why would you begin the movie showing us like what's going on with the drug dealers? Because we don't even know who anything anyone is yet. Like, wouldn't we start at the VFW? Like, shouldn't we start with the the main characters? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't. Yeah, you're right. They they make the mistake with starting with the drug dealers. And like, if I would have shot this film, I would have followed Fred, the, our main uh, protagonist all the way to the VFW post and them entering the post. And then you yeah. can do a camera pan over to the abandoned theater across the yeah. street and push in maybe a little bit. And then let's, let's go ahead and pick up with the drug dealers and see what's going on with them. Yeah. And then like you see all that. And then you come back later to across the street at the VFW post, seeing that there is a relation that there, you know, cause they did that. It, this all happened like in between like them showing the title, the, the title cards and stuff of this movie. Which and took was, forever, by the way. The yeah. credit took so long. I felt like it just kept going and going. And um, that was kind of crazy. But, you know, I was just thinking, too, like, the people who wrote this movie should have watched and studied Tremors. Because Tremors, if you just remove the sandworms out of the equation, I mean, like, and, and replace them with, like, drug-crazed uh, psycho, psychopaths. Like, it's the same. It's basically the same style of movie. It's, it's a bunch of characters trapped in a situation, and they're under siege, and they have to figure out how to get out, you know? And the way that movie leads up to that situation and the way that movie introduces all the characters, like, like that's a good for Like, it's... Uh, Tremors is... Uh, like in my opinion, like a damn, like a damn near perfect movie. Like I agree. It, uh, last time I watched it, I was like, man, this movie is so clever and so smartly written and just like so well done on every, in every way. Uh, like it should be, uh, if you're making a movie that's similar, I'm not saying copy trimmers, but I'm saying like study what they did show, like watch the movie and see how they, Introduced the first two main characters, and then through them introduce all the other characters, and then get those characters in the predicament that they're in, so that we actually care about their well-being. Um, I feel you don't do it all at once. Like I feel like VFW made the mistake of everyone was already there talking. They almost felt like extras. Like all the characters are already there talking and stuff and hanging out, and I'm like. Who are these people? <laughs> yeah, it, it actually uh, VFW does a hard cut from uh, 
from them from Fred uh opening the bar up to like mm -hmm. hard cut to bar filled with people. It's like I'm like, well, where'd they come from? I guess time is bad. You know, well, you're right. Tremors uh does a Tremors is by far one of my favorite movies. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh Tremors does a great job with also revealing the 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 uh graboids uh in yeah. a in a clever way. Because you first see people getting pulled under and you don't see yeah. what's doing it. But then when you first see see them, you see like the little tentacle, you're like, oh Lord, that's what it is. Just like little like snakes or something, you know, that's in yeah. the uh, underneath the earth, grabbing people, but then when they reveal that the, the those are just the, the tongues yeah. <laughs> to, to the bigger graboid, yeah, uh, and uh, and you're like, oh my gosh, how are we going to escape? You know, um, it's just like you said, you're right. The way that they introduce uh, 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 Kevin Bacon and uh, Fred Fred Ward in that movie, and uh, and then Reba and all the other characters, it makes you. Feel more for those characters that they you meet, Mr. Chan. I think his name. I forget. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Wayne. I forget his name. If it's Mr. Chan, I don't want to be racist. But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it might be too late. You're like, it's Chan. It's it's Wang. <laughs> like his, his name is something like that. I forget what yeah, it is. Yeah. But, but uh, you they introduce you to these characters. So when these characters die, you feel something for these characters. You're like, oh no, they killed off him. They've killed off the granddad from uh from the uh, Three Ninjas. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. you feel for them. But then in this movie, you don't really feel, I uh, like Norm, you know, George went, but you don't really feel when he dies. You're like, eh, okay, you know, you knew he was going to die. you just sad that George went died. You're not sad that the character died. You know yeah, what I mean? It's sort of like, and that's kind of how I felt about everyone else when they got killed. It was like, oh no, David Patrick Kelly. Oh no, uh, whoever. Like, it wasn't the character I was attached to. It was the actor, and that's not what you want. You don't want people sad that the that the actor is no longer going to be in the movie. <laughs> like you're, you want people to care that the character they're playing is no longer going to be in the movie. Absolutely. Uh, and and yeah, and and I just feel like this movie didn't take enough time to lay that foundation so that when stuff escalates, we actually are engaged and in, in, in and are invested in these characters well-being yeah uh, i agree uh yeah i think that uh and and there was like and there's little things in his in this movie that has like no payoff uh keep talking yeah there's a uh, little things in this movie that that have no payoff uh at all uh the uh for instance Fred Williamson, uh, his his character, uh, he uh, he has this machete that's hung on the wall. That, that all of these guys in his oh, bar, yeah. all the all, all the guys in the bar is veterans of Vietnam, essentially, except for Fred, who was in the Korean War, which mm -hmm. makes sense. He is older than most of the guys <laughs> in there. Uh, I, I thought that they were around the same age, but I can see where where Fred uh, Williamson is actually older than they were. So yeah. He would, have been a Korean veteran, maybe. I thought that yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought that he would have been a Vietnam veteran. Honestly. I don't know though, but my grandpa was a Korean War veteran, and he's not the same age as Fred Williamson. Like, is like, is, wouldn't oh. wouldn't Korean War veterans be like in their nineties now? Wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, my grandpa he passed away when he was in his seventies, and that was like uh, two thousand like nine ish. So. 
yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, in their nineties. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, he's eighty-two years old now. Um, I just don't see where. Oh, this is set in the eighties. I forget that the movie. Was it? I, I, that's what I figured. I didn't see. I had no sense that it was set in the eighties. I thought it was a dystopian future, based on this type of drug that they came up with that. Uh, hyper, uh, uh, whatever it's called, yeah, it's, like, it's like crack, but it's like it's like a higher level of crack. No, like I, yeah, I, I think it was supposed to be set in the eighties because, like, they had that old style cigarette machine in there, and uh, uh, and then they were watching that VHS tape of the ladies working out or whatever. I had no idea they were set in the eighties. Oh guess, wait, yeah. wait. Wait, no, it wasn't set in the because if it was, then they they weren't that far removed from Vietnam. No, no, they, it wasn't set in the eighties because the other dude that came in, the younger guy, was in the Iraq War. They mentioned yeah. that he was in the desert, so I guess yeah, it was set. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it didn't know when it was set. It just it's no. just an old bar, I guess, an old VFW post that yeah. is stuck in time, but. There's a little side, there's a uh, subplot where Fred Williamson, the Korean War veteran, uh, he he, he, he uh, fended off uh, so many uh, Koreans uh, in that war and like killed so many people with this knife. It's like machete and, mm -hmm. and held his ground and I assume got like uh, commended for it, but it hangs proudly over the uh, over the bar. And he keeps staring at it like his legacy with that. But there is, but it really, but when he gets it, he does really nothing with it. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah. It doesn't ever feel like a moment. Like it doesn't feel like um, they go out of their way to, like, yeah, get a shot of that machete. So in my brain, I was like, oh, that's going to be a big factor later. Um, and yeah, but when he gets it, it never feels like it doesn't feel epic. It doesn't feel like you know, like uh, like he's reuniting with his like the. It's, it doesn't feel. I expected it would be. It was going to be something like when Zelda, or sorry, when Link pulls the Master Sword out of the stone or something. It's like yeah. he's now got his. He's got his weapon. You know, um, it didn't feel like that. Yeah, he just kind of. Yeah. It, in fact, I it, it was so kind of blink and you'll miss it that I forgot he even ever used it. <laughs> very anticlimactic. Matter of fact, the main the main person that he was fighting with it, the girl. Yeah. Um, who I think is from Walking Dead. She looks so familiar to me. But uh, she looked like I thought she was Chloe Bennett from Agents of Shield at first. Um but she's not. She's uh I don't know who she is. Yeah she I know I've seen her in uh uh, I'm pulling her up now, but anyway, she was in um, uh, she's in Bliss. <laughs> yeah, she's all over uh, Shutter, I guess. Uh, Friday Night Lights and Dexter. But anyway, hmm. I don't, Maybe I Dexter. don't remember any, any of those. <laughs> but, but I haven't seen Bliss either. But anyway, she like when he was fighting her, like he never used it on her. Like literally, he he grabbed it off the wall. He he did that drug. He's like, yeah. I'm about to, you know, kill some people. Let's bring them in. Da, da, da. You know, and nothing happened. And I'm like, I thought, oh, he's going to be a badass and like kill a lot of people. Like, I was going to see old black exploitation Fred Williamson doing yeah. some stuff. 
but I didn't get that. I got no. like it was just so so much happening at one time. You you the the action never stays on him really. It goes from him to like the other people, and then but it like it's just this this movie's all over the place when it comes to like the little skirmishes, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, none of them ever really like stick out. You know, there's never anything that feels like a highlight from any of those moments, or or even towards the end, it was just like uh, whatever. Um, and that's kind of ultimately what I felt about this movie. I mean, like if it, it's just kind of like a, eh, you know, it was okay. For I mean, well, I'm, I guess um, I could talk about this when we're like rounding when we're wrapping up or whatever, but, but, uh, yeah, I just, um, the movie has all of the elements to be, uh, you know, better than it is, but I just don't feel like that those elements were used very well. And, and I, and I also felt like the, the main villain just wasn't, he wasn't anything special. Like there is no reason for me to really believe that this guy was such a, bad guy like the really like the yeah. big bad you know what i'm saying like or you look at robocop <laughs> you yeah. look at robocop and the guy uh, that uh robocop goes up against uh what do you remember the actor's name the guy um, that kills him initially which one in the first movie the first one yeah are you, talking about, are you talking about the guy that kills him uh the the guy from that 70s show like who plays the dad yeah. yeah it was him wasn't it, it yeah was like, he had like a crew but they felt like you know or, or they felt bad. Did? They felt like they felt like bad guys. You know, like you know, they you wanted to see RoboCop get revenge uh, on that on that guy, uh, and he was a bad guy. And like, and I think what part of the problem is charisma. And like, the the villain in this movie just didn't have very much charisma. He just kind of seemed like a wiener, and um, I, I I just wasn't really buying it that he was like the leader of this group, uh, this, 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 this wiener. <laughs> I, I just felt like, uh, I felt, I wish they had just gotten, I wish they had gotten someone who was either a peer of the actors that in there that are in the BFW, like, of the, you know, either around the same age or maybe slightly younger. So in a way it could be like, because I feel like the, the actors were cast, the actors that were cast in this movie were cast because they, I feel like they were cast because they were their iconic sort of um, genre movie actors. Right. Uh, and so I, from a certain era, like they were, they were you know, uh, Fred Williamson was from the 70s. Uh, uh, David Patrick Kelly, I think he's from the 80s. 80s. Late seventies, early eighties. Uh, Warriors yeah. was like late seventies, early eighties. It was in that yeah. transition period between the two two decades. Yeah, and then David Co- David Cove is from the eighties, and then uh, William Sadler is from sort of mostly the eighties, but like um, slightly maybe early nineties even. But um, it would have been nice if they had just cast someone maybe from the who, genre actor that's well known. From like the '90s or the, you know, something the, someone who can carry that role and make them more interesting than, you know, just random gang leader. And, and also, uh, they, with the casting of uh, 
uh, I, I'm going to just call Fred Williamson's son, <laughs> the yeah. younger Williamson. Uh, I just felt like, like, the, like with him being a soldier and coming in, it just he just happened to come in back from uh, back, just flew back in and stopped at the local VFW post just for a drink. Mm-hmm. And he just so happened to, you know, it just they didn't really explain that that oh, uh, he needs, like they didn't really explain it. Oh, well, uh, I just I'm hesitating to go home to see my wife and family because of what I've done, you know, over over, you know, or whatever. Uh, but later on, William Sadler says, "Hey, man, hey, you're a good kid. You did your thing here. You you're a good soldier. Go home, be with your wife, be with your family. You know, you you did your part." And I'm and I said and I thought about it when he said that. I'm like, that came out of nowhere. Like, when did when did they ever discuss that? You know, well, I I'm reluctantly not going home yet because I don't want to see. I'm not ready to see my family. Whereas yeah. in a movie like, um, you remember in film uh, film studies film class, um, uh, the best uh, the best what's it called the best of years the best year I, I forget the name of it. It was an older yeah. movie from the uh, um, from like the uh, 40s or 50s maybe, uh, and and it deals with soldiers coming back. Like you see them in their life before they go to war. And then you see them when they come back and try to adjust to life after war. Yeah. And 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 it shows a really good, you know, moment where one of the soldiers has is reluctant to go into the go home because of what you know he doesn't know how to really go come off the battlefield and go back into like life. The heart, the heart locker deals with that too. Or I've that, never seen that. It's 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 about a guy that. Um, um, it's about a guy that uh, is like a bomb disposal person in the in the military, and he was in Iraq and stuff dealing with that. Uh, and he and he goes back home, and he's just like it's just so he's so addicted to the thrill of you know diffusing bombs and just like being in war that like he can't adapt. He just can't. He can't stand being home. It's just too boring. So he goes back. Um, but yeah. And they actually mentioned something. Also, uh, the movie that I was referring to is called The Best Years of Our Lives from 1946. Uh, in film class, um, you know, me and Craig was both at WKU and we took film classes, like film studies. Um, and uh, uh, Ted Hovitt, um showed me that, uh, that movie in one class. And I, it stuck with me because of just a, just a, the um with the movie the premise of the film mm-hmm. but um this movie has something else that i thought was they mentioned the fact that uh fred the main uh protagonist the guy whose bar it is uh he went back to her he went back to uh vietnam and did like some so many more years of it you know yeah over there and uh but it just like really doesn't really have a payout. Payout like nothing really. And that's my biggest issue with this movie. Nothing really has a payoff. Even the yeah. villain, the main villain, at one point there's a villain that I think maybe was his brother that came into the bar and was killed along with the other hypers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it was the main bil- villain. I'm like, oh, they just killed the main villain. Yeah. And then like when I see the he's still alive, I'm like, oh, I guess he wasn't. And it was like, uh, oh, whatever. I really didn't think, oh, well, that must be his brother. You yeah. know. You didn't know it was his brother. You just they want the drugs back and they want this girl because she stole from them. Yeah. And when they finally somebody says, 
well, you killed his brother, you know, because they said, why don't we just give him the drugs back? The girl's like, well, you see that dude over here? Dad, that's his brother. So now he wants to kill you all. Yeah. Like, nobody knew that, you know? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I... Um, yeah, I think you struck on something when you talk about how there's just, it doesn't feel like there's any payoff. It doesn't feel like, uh, like I, when he was telling the story about Fred going back to Vietnam, like I, I totally got, I got bored and just completely, uh, spaced out because like, it just felt like way too long of a story. And it's by, it's, a, it's from a character. I don't know about a character. I don't know. And so like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about the story or where it's going. Um, and they didn't, I just felt like they didn't, like, do a good job of, like, writing it in such a way where we could be more into into it, I guess. Like, for example, like, if you're going to tell a story about, like, if, you, if you're going to have a character tell a story like that, it needs to be, like, similar to... Uh, um, what's his face? I can't think right now. Um, on Jaws, like you know, the uh, the um, uh, uh, your boy, oh man, uh, my boy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's everybody's boy. Uh, uh, the dude from Jaws, uh, the one when he's talking about uh, uh, how his how his uh, ship, his ship sank, sank, yeah. and they were uh, they were like lost at sea for a minute, and and the way that the the sharks. Oh, ate them one by one. Oh man, yeah. uh, Robert Shaw. That's his name. That's the actor's name. Uh, I can't think of uh, Quint. That's the name Quint. of yeah uh, of the character. So anyway, that's such a great scene in terms of like it, having a character just telling a story, and you're not even seeing the flashback or visuals or anything. It's just so uh, the actor is so compelling and the way it's filmed is so the way it's shot is so well done that you're just hanging on every word. And I kind of feel like if you're going to do like what, if this movie wanted to do something like that, they should have been, you know, there should have been more, I guess the camera should have been more pushed in on William Sadler's face. And there should have been like a look of intensity between the two characters or whatever. And then like, and then like, you know, then you break it when he's like, anyway, it's his birthday, you know? And then yeah. like, I don't know. But they didn't do that. What, what they, what instead they told the story like, Oh, he went over there and then I was walking down the street and, and I seen him cause when we was like, they grew up together, I guess. And he says, and he hit me with a, he knocked me out with a baseball. And he's like, but one day I seen him uh, walking down the street and so I clocked him and knocked him, knocked him out. And, and then, like, I realized then he had more stripes than me. And I thought I was going to be court mushroom and da 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 da. And, then, and I got him up on his feet. And then he's like, Do you like Putain? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, And that, <laughs> I'm like, I was like, What? Yeah. <laughs> My first thought was like, That was so pointless. That was a pointless yeah. story. Yeah. 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 It was, it just, it, it felt like, I felt like that story was about as pointless as the movie was ultimately when you get down to it. And there uh, was another pointless story about like the like the fact that he was gonna take him to see this stripper who was the daughter of this woman that he had a fling with. Yeah, yeah. Go. And I thought they was gonna reveal well it's his daughter or something. But yeah. it, it really went nowhere either. It's just like a lot of stuff in here that goes nowhere. There's no yeah. like 
And the only reason why, I like, um, the dude from Karate Kid was a car, se- car salesman, yeah, because they needed him to go over and try to sell the gang about letting go and die. That's the only reason for their man to be a car, car salesman. And it doesn't even work. Like, it doesn't even really come it. into play at all. It's like he tries to negotiate. And, yeah, and it doesn't work. And, like, his, I think his character was supposed to be, like, you know, in zombie movies where there's always a character who, who who's conniving and is, like, working against the group because he thinks – what he what it's like it's like that guy in uh night of the living dead who's in the basement and he's like we should be in the basement uh and he's kind of like working against the group because he thinks he knows what's better and and but he actually ends up endangering the group like that's kind of what david cove's character is supposed to be but he doesn't like in my opinion he doesn't really fulfill that thing like he um it's almost like he's almost like to talk, you know, to, to bring it back to uh, a movie we spoke about uh, a couple of weeks ago, Die Hard. Uh, David Cove's character is, is kind of like that businessman, that uh, that yuppie that's like, uh, let me negotiate with these terrorists. I know. Oh, baby. Hi, yeah. booby. Let me talk to you. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. Uh, also, this is what I thought. When I first seen David Cove in this movie, in like a uh, he's in a, a leisure suit, essentially uh, no tie on. Just I thought by the end of the movie we was gonna see him transform back to a soldier, where his suit is more disheveled, and he's like like maybe take his tie off and tying it, like yeah. like he's in the jungle. I thought that we was gonna see like him be badass, and we really didn't see that. You yeah. know, uh, and, and that's what I know with most did. of the characters. Huh? You kind of sort of did when he like, um, you know, while he was out there negotiating and then he like and and he realizes that uh, he realizes it's not going to work. And so he like starts fighting them before he gets shot, you know. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of has that quick moment of redemption and um, a quick moment to be a badass before he gets killed. Um, but um Anyway, I don't know. Like, I, I honestly at this point don't really have that much more to say about this movie. Nobody has <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I will go ahead. Uh, so at the end, like at the beginning of the movie, you see that there's this like truck, uh, like this old army truck that's just chilling outside of the VFW post. Yeah. Uh, and later on, they finally uh, try to go and escape to that truck, but at the same time, Fred is trying to go and help the girl, Liz. Lizard, uh, Elizabeth Lizard, because she's being taken by the bad guy. Which I don't know why the bad guy didn't just shoot her right then and there when he grabbed her. Right. I don't know. Why do you need to kill her on your property? It just makes no sense. But right. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> he uh, he grabs her, and at one point, um, they they light the uh, drug bag up. They put gasoline and kerosene on it, so uh, where it's flammable, right? Uh, and William Sadler and uh, young Tom, uh, young Williamson guy, goes to um, to try to get on the truck, but then William Sadler die or gets chainsawed, which yeah. makes no sense. Like it, it makes no sense. Um, and then he essentially takes the truck and then drives it into like the bad guy. The bad guy gets shot and then like drives into him, and they did like a double take of it, like boom, boom from double. Uh, other yeah. direction, 
like it really was impressive, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It just and the movie just ends with like the rest of the remaining soldiers, uh, veterans, at the bar drinking, and Fred Williamson dies at the bar. Yeah. And they like, well, what are you gonna do with your money? Uh, we can rebuild the bar. <laughs> Drink. Yeah. And so it doesn't even. It doesn't feel. Yeah. It, it's like. It doesn't even seem like Scott Lang's character is sad at all that his friends died or or anything. He's just like, all right. Well, that was a crazy night. It's, here's shots for the house. A shout shots are on the house. You know, like. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, that's the movie. All right, let's go ahead and talk about our thoughts on, like, our, our, our marks, on the mark I made here. Uh, I'm going to give VFW uh, one mark out out of five. I, I was wow. really bored. Uh, you know, the blood and stuff. Like, there's really good actors, like, that I liked in it, but they didn't really use them properly. Yeah. And, and I felt that the movie was... At the at the end of the movie, I just felt like it's more of a waste of time than anything else, and yeah. so I, I give it a one out of five. Okay, um, I'm gonna at least give it a three out of five. I mean, I feel like it was technically competently. It was made competently on a technical level, like you know, it's shot well, it's edited well, the special effects, like the practical effects, are really cool. Um, it's got a good cast. Um, like it's just that the movie wasn't written very well. It it was a movie that was all um, it was all uh, looks and no substance. And it, I could tell that the creative, the people involved, kind of was like you know, yeah, like you said, they sort of like maybe rushed the script or didn't really care. They were just like, hey, we want to just get to the blood and to the action and to like the cool shit. Who cares about like characters? <laughs> you know, who cares about a story or character arcs? Yeah, who- yeah. Who cares about that? Let's just like get to the get to them like shooting people, and um, and so that just kind of made it feel like an empty experience. But it's not a bad movie by any stretch. It's not like a horrible film you know um it i think some people will find some enjoyment i think some people would get some enjoyment out of this um just from like the you know spectacle maybe alone Um, i mean if you like blood if you like people's heads being stomped in into like the smush bloody goop or uh or a woman getting a broken uh uh flag shoved down her throat (laughs) <laughs> which it happens, uh, which, which I do. I, I like all those things, but uh, it's just like I they did they barely got a blip out of me though because it was just like um, and doesn't it doesn't ever feel earned. I've, I've always felt like when it comes to like having hyper violence in a movie, it has to feel earned. Uh, when it's just there, just uh be there it, it's just kind of like you know meh. meh yeah yeah it's like whatever like um you gotta actually earn it um and i don't feel like this movie really earned it it just kind of like this movie was built uh on the strength of those scenes and not not much else and that 
kind of foundation for a movie is a foundation of sand, you know, as opposed to uh, a solid foundation of story. I agree. Um, so yeah. that's my three out of five is mine. That's good. Well, uh, that concludes, I think, Craig, for filling in this uh, few t uh, few episodes for me. Uh, next week, Brandon will be back. We'll be doing our we'll be doing our top ten, our top list of our best and worst movies of the year. There isn't many of them, <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna do that. And then, uh, but but Craig, uh, we'll be back uh, next year. Uh, we're gonna kick off our series sometime, uh, hopefully in January. We're gonna kick off our series, uh, um, Bad Movie Night, where uh, we're gonna watch a bad movie and talk about it and just really enjoy it. And uh, Craig will be able to pick it because he can also share his screen as well, uh, as well. So yeah. it'll be interesting to, to see uh, how see what we watch. And, yeah, uh, and I'm looking it. forward to that. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Aaron Whitlow, Craig Williams. And uh, thank you for marking out with us here on the Mark Out Movie Podcast. Anything you want to let people know? Anything you got coming up? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, you should film yourself trying to steal John's uh, uh, gun blade. And just, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where he has it now. <laughs> he says he's like, still, he still has it, but I don't know where it is. If you go over there and you see it like in the corner, like and he uh, hasn't been like looked at it in a long time, yeah. test the theory, take it and see if he'll miss it. Uh. <laughs> and then like one day he's gonna come to your house and see it like on the wall and be like, "Oh, you got one too!" Like you know, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I got one too." <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I agree. It, even though it has John. Own it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, it's mine. My name is John now. But uh, all right, man. I appreciate you. Uh, you have a good rest of your night, and thank you for marking out with me too, Craig. All right. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>